It's been a while since I've mounted the pulpit to preach, and it feels a little strange. I've gotten accustomed to walking in with the rest of you all and sitting down and enjoying myself. <clears throat> so pray for me. I want to speak today on the subject, learning to forgive. Lord, help me to learn <laughs> how to forgive. Turn with me, please, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18. I'm going to read extensive verses, and so I just ask you to remain seated until at the end I may have you just to stand in honor and recognition for the final verses of our text. Matthew 18 and 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Would you please say wow? Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot of money. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold that his wife and children and all that he had and that payment would be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. But he would not and went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So then his fellow servants saw what had been done, and they were very grieved, and came and told their master all that had been done. Everybody stand, I'll read from verse 32 to the end of the text period. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to a torturers till he should pay all that was due him. And so my heavenly father, repeat that after me, so my heavenly father, 
also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother of his trespasses. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. According to the standards of great Jewish leaders, Peter was being very generous in inquiring of Jesus just how many times he was to forgive his brother. The rabbis taught that a man must forgive his brother three times because Jesus had informed the disciples that their righteousness had to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, Peter felt that he would extend it a bit, that a person could be forgiven seven times, and then on the eighth offense, knock his block off. <laughs> you know, baseball has set the limits of modern day forgiveness. Strike three, you have. But for some, strike three is too much. Strike two, you have. Strike one, you have. Well, just because you got out there, I want you to know you were out before I start counting. <laughs> Hallelujah. For some people, they just take one look at you. And before you've even gotten to the plate, they're yelling, you are out. Has anybody ever counted you out on one strike? My father used to tell the story about a man and his wife who were riding together in a wagon pulled by a mule. Something frightened the mule, and the mule bolted and reared up. And the farmer looked at the mule and said, that's one. They went a little bit farther, and the poor mule was frightened by something that had crossed the road. And he reared up and kicked and hit the wagon almost very near where the farmer was sitting. Strike two, said the farmer. Finally, as they went on their journey, something frightened the mule so badly that he almost turned the wagon over. And the farmer said, that three, pulled out his shotgun, and bam, shot the mule in the head. The mule fell dead. The farmer's wife began to yell at the farmer, you old fool, we've got a long way to go before we get home. Don't you know that mule had to get us home and you shot the mule? You crazy. The farmer looked at his wife, said that's three, and you're out. Some people not only do not forgive you, they find the strangest things in the world not to forgive you about. 
Some people have not forgiven per a person because of that person's inability. They're restricted in their capacity, their, their ability to do whatever it is that you desire them to do. And instead of saying, I understand, you will do it, but you can't do it, and I understand. No, they'll not forgive the person and continue to criticize and blame the person for not doing what he's not able to do. And then there are others who are unforgiving because one does not come up to their unrealistic and unfair and even imagined expectations one may have had for them. Some people ask you to do things and provide things in their lives, and you're just not able to do so. But how many of you have been blamed and dealt with by someone because you did not do, you did not have the ability to do what someone else wanted you to do? And they're angry at you because of that. Sometimes people fail to do what they're asked to do because they don't have anything to do with the matter. They don't have any involvement, no knowledge of you or of the person you're dealing with, no insight into your life. And they say, I'm sorry, I'm just not in it. I, I can't do it. But then you're blamed because of that. Somebody will be not forgiven because something they think would happen if someone would be released to do what they want to do. I'm not doing it. I don't know either of the people involved. I'm not involved in this. And the person with whom you dealt would say, well, listen, I'm not in that. That's between you all. But they go away mad because you didn't get on their side instead of taking a stand for righteousness. Some people resent you because of what they heard about you. It's not even true, but they heard it and they believe it. Has anybody in here ever been devastated by the Gossip Brigade? So many people are not forgiven for so many strange reasons. And Peter responded to Jesus' word by asking, I should give my neighbor forgiveness seven times. And Peter picked it up and said, no, you forgive him 490 times, or 70 times seven. In other words, Jesus was really saying to him, always forgive. Always forgive. No matter how many times you're mistreated, always forgive. Understand this. Jesus is not saying that you should repeatedly expose yourself to abuse and mistreatment. You might not be able to love them on this side of the street. So love them on the other side. Catch him a long way. Hi, honey. Glad to see you. God bless you. Bye. 
so you don't repeatedly expose yourself to abuse and mistreatment. Now do you deliberately make yourself accessible to those who have the habit or inclination to take advantage of you? If you know that if it's them, it's going to be some demand, some request, some abuse, some abusive moment, time, and so just, since you know it, just say, hey baby, glad to see you. I'll see you next year sometime. In the story contained in our text, are you all still with me? The servant owed the king one 10,000 talents, and they were talents of gold. And when that amount is tabulated, you would have about $850,000, $290,000,000, and that's a huge amount of money. So the king, when he heard the news and heard of the conduct and the behavior of that servant of his, decided to sell the servant, his family, and all of his possessions so that he could regain some of what was owed to him. But the servant begged for more time, and he promised to pay the entire debt. Anybody in here got some debts out and it's time to pay the debts off? You want your money, don't you? Verse 27 of Matthew 18 says, Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave the debt. Now most Bible teachers agree that this was an impossible sum to pay. $290 million was beyond his capacity. A few would might hold that if he had a large area of assets and belongings that had been entrusted to his hand, he might have been able to pay the debt. But the fact is, though he was unable to pay, the master and the king forgave the debt and said, that's all right, you don't have to pay me. I love you, and I appreciate you. Now, this story by Jesus represents God. How many of you know God is a forgiving God? <laughs> Nehemiah 9, 17 said, but you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and you did not forsake them. Aren't you glad you're serving a God like that? Our God is a forgiving God. Our God is a merciful God. Psalm 86 and 5 said, but you, Lord, are good, and you're ready to forgive. You're abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Listen, those who come to God seeking forgiveness can find forgiveness. Come on, tell your neighbor, if you come to God seeking forgiveness, you can find forgiveness. Daniel 9 and 9 said, For to the Lord belong mercies 
and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. The Bible says that the Lord will forget your sins and remember them no more. And I love to say that he'll take your sins, cast them into a pit, bury them in the ground, and leave the shovel and go on his way. If God forgives you, God not only forgives, but the Lord also forgets. And he gives you forgiveness and mercy. Clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. This is what the Lord said in Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Clap your hands and thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for loving you. I don't know why he loved me, but I'm so glad he loved me. Come on, let's praise God for his love. Thank God for his mercy. In the New Testament, the word forgiveness means gracious to, to extend undeserved kindness, to extend love. Thus, when God forgives us, he lifts our sins from us, and he loves us more freely. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, serving as God in Christ forgave you. Sin is not some small matter with God. Sin is not something that God looks over. Sin separates us from God. Sin hides his face from us. But God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us, even though our sins were great. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The song says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can have peace with God. You can have peace through Jesus Christ. All discord, dissension, between God and you can be erased. Tell your neighbor, every sin can be erased. Jesus died for your sins, and because of his death for you, you can be forgiven. You can be cleansed from your sins. If you seek him, and as you seek him, he frees you from sin. Let me also say, let me say this also, that since God has forgiven you, you ought to forgive yourself. Come on, tell three people, forgive yourself. Hallelujah. Forgive yourself. 
forgive yourself. God forgave you, then you ought to forgive yourself. So many forgiven folk bask in the guilt of their past. They're so sorry about the way they did and how they behaved that they cannot believe that God really will forgive them. And so they still come worship in guilt and in pain with an inferiority complex, not feeling that God can really use them and bless them. But listen, if you're continually sorrowful and distressed about your forgiven sin, that is inappropriate. If God has forgiven you, if God has said it, God will do it. Oh, yes, he will. The servant in the text was forgiven, but he was not forgiving. I said he was forgiven, but he was not forgiving. He found a man that owed him the equivalent of only $1,700 and grabbed him by the throat and demanded payment of the debt. The man asked for more time, but the servant refused and had the man put in jail. He had been forgiven for a $290 million debt, but he put a man in prison over a $17 debt. And unfortunately, the king found out about it. Tell your neighbor, the king is going to find out about it. And when the king was told that his servant had thrown a man in jail about $17 when he had released the man when he had a $290 million debt, the king said in Matthew 18 and 32, you wicked servant, I forgave all that debt because you begged me. Should not you have had compassion on your fellow servant? And the king said, throw him in jail until he pays that $290 million. And listen, that was forever because he never would have that amount of money to pay off the debt. And Jesus said in verse 35, so my heavenly father will do also to you if each of you from your heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Listen, not to forgive is torture and torment. When there's somebody that you've not forgiven, every time you think about them, your blood pressure goes up. Every time you think about them, your breathing gets hard. You can get sick being mad at somebody and you need to get rid of it because God won't forgive you with that hatred in your heart. And so unforgiveness hinders the Lord's forgiveness. Hallelujah. He said in Matthew 6, 14, if you love men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you forgive men, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. 
And so forget, unforgiveness hinders the forgiveness of God in our life. But also unforgiveness hinders our prayers. You might feel like you can pray your way through it, but if you've got something against your brother that's standing between you and him and you and your God, God will step back until you learn to do what God has already done for you. And that is forgive your sin. And so forgiveness hinders our prayers. And if you've got something against somebody, just take a few moments and ask God's forgiveness and mercy and decide in your heart that you're going to forgive your neighbor and then turn it over to the Lord and the Lord will forgive you every sin. Does anybody know the power of God's forgiveness? Do you know that God can really turn your life around, lift the burden of guilt, and enable you to walk in righteousness and in the power of God? And so unforgiveness hinders your prayers. But then also, unforgiveness represents an attitude that's condemned by Jesus. He pray, Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And listen, if you really want to have the spirit of Christ, then learn how to forgive your neighbor. Learn how to forgive others. No matter what they've done, let forgiveness be in your heart. Let forgiveness be in your mind. Every saint ought to be known as a forgiving person. Come on, ask God for help. Help us, Lord. So it's condemned by Jesus. But then also unforgiveness hinders the unity of the church. What a shame it is that so many people make the church a battleground. More gossip, more hatred, more rumor mongering, more talking about their lives, talking about them. Somebody can't praise the Lord for talking negatively about someone else. There's too much hatred and division in the world for it to be in the church also. Oh yeah. Too much. The church ought to be a place of peace. Hallelujah. If we're to forgive, if we're to get on with our lives, we've got to learn how to forgive. Jesus prayed for the folk who deserted him. But listen, we can't move ahead until we learn how to pray for the people who wrong us. We need to forgive if we're to get on with the business of life. If you want to get on with life, then forgive. Some people are stuck where they are because they don't know how to forgive those who confront them. Stuck where they are because they can't say I love you and I forgive you as my brother and my sister. Hallelujah. A forgiving person is in good company because you're in company with Jesus when you learn how to forgive. People are not perfect. People have much to do in terms of fulfilling the plan of God in their lives. People have much to do in terms of uniting it.
placing themselves in relationship to those who are in them and around them in the church. And so in the church, we ought to be forgiving. We ought to come into relationship with one another and love one another no matter what. Listen, I'm not going to talk about her. She's my sister. He's my brother in the Lord. I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to encourage him. Well, while you're talking, stop now. Let's, let's, let's pray for them. Let's talk about what God can do through their lives and in their lives. Hallelujah. Tell somebody to pray for you. Just over and tell two people to pray for you. Prayer will make a difference. Prayer will turn their lives around. Prayer will turn your life along. And you'll be able to get on with the business of life. If, if they perceive wrong that you feel someone has done against you and you've not forgiven it, then that wrong assumes a negative existence all of its own. And it rubs and dominates an area of your being perpetually. If you haven't forgiven it, it can make you sick. If you haven't forgiven it, it can destroy your peace of mind. If you have not forgiven them, then God will not do so until you turn around. In the battle. In the battle. Come on, tell somebody in the battle. In the battle with resentment. In the battle that you have with hostility. Listen, if you're in the battle, that's a sign of strength. To forgive is a sign of strength. You cannot be so devastated that I cannot forgive you and go on. Someone lets their emotions rule over their lives and dominate their very existence. But listen, if you want the strength of God, make up your mind to forgive because forgiveness is the sign of strength. I can forgive. I can go on. I'm not so weak. I'm not so devastated. I can't say, that's all right. I'll be just fine. And I want to tell you that if you are falsely abused and lied on, God can give you strength. God can enable you to endure. God can help you to make it all the way to the top. There have been times in my life that people confronted me in the wrong way. But when God stepped in and spoke to my heart, I was able to forgive and rise above it. I just thought I'd let you know you can rise above it. You can overcome it. You can make it anyhow. Come on, praise God. If you know, you can make it. I've got too many things on my mind for my mind to be crowded with a somebody did me wrong stuff. I can't be saying no, somebody did me wrong song. God is good. God is merciful. If I've God, got God in my life, I can make it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I haven't got time for that kind of thing. 
I've got too much living to do to let this ruin my life. I'm not going to let you ruin my life. I'm not going to let you turn me around from the joy that the Lord has given me. God has blessed me. I can rise above it. Paul said you can rise above it if you get your mind on the right thing, if you focus your mind in the right direction. Paul said in Philippians 4 and 8, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, if there is any good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything worthy of praise, then meditate on these things. The reason I'm going to make it is because I'm not going to look at what you did. I'm going to look at what God can do. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm not going to worry about what you did. I'm going to worry about what God can do. My God! above all that we may ask our faith according to the power that is at work in us. Come on, give God praise. So as we come to the close of this service, as we come to the end of our word to you today, I want you to understand that nobody can hurt you if God does not permit it. Nobody can devastate you as long as you've got God in your life. If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Tell somebody it's going to be all right, all right. He's going to work it out. He's going to bring you through. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to let it go. I said, I'm going to let it go. Hey, your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm going to let it go. Tell somebody else, let it go. Praise him. 
Everybody stand. In the house of the Lord. Tell two or three folk, you can make it, you can make it. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, I pray today that you would work a miracle of healing. I pray the Lord that you will mend that broken relationship and let your saints walk together in love. Lord, make us one. Help us to live and serve in your church in peace, loving you with all of our hearts and walking in victory. Lord, somebody is waiting on a breakthrough. The breakthrough won't come until they forgive those who have wounded them and those who have hurt them. Lord, give me faith. Give me the ability to forgive those who hurt me. And help me, dear Lord, to rise higher and higher in your will and in your way. I say yes to your word. Yes to your will. Yes to you. Yes, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes to your command. Yes to your direction. In the name of Jesus, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. So we walk in your forgiveness. We walk in your mercy. I say to my brother, I love you. I love you. And I appreciate you. And I pray that God will bless you take you higher than you've ever been before. Let it go. Let it go. Lift your hands and say, Lord, it hurt, but I'm letting it go. Tired of dealing with this. Tired of fighting this battle. But I'm letting it go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just, just, just extend your right hand. Hold up this. I don't know what you've been holding on to. I don't know what's been hindering your life in God, your Christian mode. But I'm telling you, if you let it go, You'll never be the same again. Lift up that hand. Lift that fist. Say, Lord, I let it go. Tell him again, Lord, I let it go. One more time, Lord, I let it go. I'm free. I'm free. In the name of Jesus. 
and the power of God. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Everybody standing. I'm through. I'm through. I'm through. But if the word has touched your heart, maybe you're one of those who's been wrestling with unforgiveness. People have hurt you and wounded you, and you've not been able to give it up, let it go. But I'm telling you, the Lord is here today forgive you of that, to release you from it, and to wash your sins away. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I present this to you as unforgiveness in my heart, and I'm sorry, and I want you to forgive me. Forgive me, dear Lord, for holding that in my heart, but now, dear Lord, I release it in the name of Jesus. And thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for having mercy on me. Thank you for changing my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. one more time. Dear Lord, I want you to save me. That may have been the problem. That you've had so much interpersonal trouble because you've not given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to be forgiven, set free, enabled to walk in the way and in the will of God. And if you would lift that hand one more time, and just say, Lord, thank you, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, if you decided that you want to be the person that the Lord would have you to be, if you want your sins forgiven and you want to be able to walk in the way of Almighty God, I want you while every head is bowed. Lift your hand. If something in your heart would say, Lord, I need your forgiveness and mercy. I need your help to be the person you would have me to be and to live the life you'd have me to live. Dear Lord, change my life and set me free. If that's you, just lift that hand and hold it high. Hold it high. Preacher, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to know Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. Lift that hand high if that's you. Pray this prayer after me, please. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me for all the wrong I've done. Jesus died for my sins and rose again from the dead. I believe that he is the Son of God. I accept him as my Savior. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. Stand just for one more moment.
So if you prayed that prayer with me just then, if you made that decision that you want to be saved and have the blood of Jesus Christ over your sins, if that's you, hold your hand up high just so I'll know. 